0: This is Hillary Burns and welcome to another episode of Get Real and Get Free, where we talk about saying the things that we're afraid to say and our triple A formula for freedom, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. And today I am delighted to have as a guest, Richard Leslie, who, wow, I'm already moved Just to have him here. He's a former New York City paramedic and a current network administrator. And when we were talking about his prior life as a paramedic, he told me some things that I thought would be very valuable for other people to hear about what he thought he could or couldn't say. So in the pre-interview, he was telling me about it. I'm like, wait, this is too good. So I stopped <laughs> I'm already moved. I'm already crying, which is okay. That just means it's real. When I cry, that means it's real. So thank you, Richard, for being here and for your generosity and sharing what you already told me. and I can't wait for the listeners to hear your story. Um, so do you mind backing up to what you were telling me about your years as a paramedic and what what you didn't think you could say, especially at home? So go ahead.
1: Right. Uh, Thank you for giving me this chance. Um, To recap what I was saying before, there is uh, a feeling that people in emergency services, firefighters, cops, um, paramedics, don't like sharing information. And it's not as simple as that. Part of the problem is that we tend not to want to paint your home environment things that happen on the job are things that you want to leave on the job you don't want to bring it home you don't want to paint the environment it's not that you don't want to hear the the information hear what's been happening um we totally understand the importance of sharing in fact just about after every call i guarantee you cops talk to each other inside of the car Paramedics, we talk to each other. Firefighters probably wait until they get back to the house and they talk to each other. So we absolutely understand the importance of hearing. We just don't share with loved ones because you're trying to protect that environment. Um, One of the examples I I recall, um, when I was married, I'm no longer married, but when I was married, I remember overhearing my wife tell one of her friends on the phone. You can always tell when Richard has had a bad day because he has an aura around him. And she didn't know I heard, but I was extremely surprised because I always thought that I did a good job keeping the two environments separate. I I, I never knew that someone outside of the job could tell if I had a bad day. And um, one day um, she got upset because she thought, okay, you never talk about your job. And I told her, you don't want to hear about my job. And she says, yes, I do. So I told her, and when I was finished, she said, you know what? You're right. I didn't want to know that. And that's what it comes down to. I give her credit because I know she genuinely wanted to hear. And I know that what she heard genuinely surprised her. So we can understand her reaction, but um, she did want to hear, and I think that's what a lot of people out there are dealing with trying not to have that paint of your secure environment, trying not to put your family, your friends through
0: the nonsense for lack of a better word that you go through. I have a lot of cops and in my family, Richard, and yes, just. One question, just cause I'm curious now, like what did you tell her that day that she didn't want to hear about after that? Just so people can relate. I had a pediatric arrest on that particular occasion.
1: And, um, there's a, I stopped short of saying say it's a joke, but you, you say it almost like a joke, but it's not a joke. Um, a pediatric can totally mess up your entire, bad things happen and will mess up your day. Something happens with a child. It goes beyond a day. And, um, that was the occasion. Um, and, um, I knew it wasn't proper telling her because again, you know why you don't want to hear it, but I did. and, And like I said, you know, um, he was not ready for it, and I think a lot of family members, spouses, significant others need to understand that the reason why you may be kept in the dark is, is because it's actually darker on the other side
0: wow and and just to the pediatric arrest means what um, i'm I'm not surprised by the question because.
1: It is, actually Hollywood paints the whole subject of what a cardiac arrest is. According to Hollywood, um, you do so, CPR on someone, you get a flat line, that's when you stop. No, that's out. when the work really begins. An arrest is a scenario in which the heart is no longer beating. Basically, you're okay. clinically dead. So what we're talking about is a child who clinically was dead. And you have to take
0: efforts to try and resuscitate that child. Um, and it's f- from from an accident or from an illness? I, I think on this particular occasion it was um,
1: what you consider the sudden infant death syndrome. Um Oh, okay. Right. Um Thank you. For, for some time there are different ways in which you see, um Kids are diaphragmatic breathers. They breathe from their abdomen. And once upon a time, there was a big question as to how you put babies to sleep. Do you put them on the back? Do you put them on the side? Do you put them on the stomach? And unfortunately, there are times where the baby rolls over um, for one reason or the other and um, ends up in respiratory distress. And I believe this is what happened on that particular occasion. But okay. those are not the only ones. But regardless of how it happens, um, there is, with kids, our ultimate responsibility is to take care of kids. So I think whenever a child dies, it, society feels like it's an ultimate failure, which is why when a child dies, someone needs to be blamed. Wow. You know? um, so I think that was what the occasion was um, for that particular discussion.
0: I got it. Thank you. So so the, the the disturbing part obviously the death but also where the blame lies that was also part of the discussion. Um I I think
1: that's a very good question but the answer to that is going to vary depending on who
0: you speak to. Um for my no, part, but I, I mean just the conversation itself that you even have to look for someone to blame. No, Do you know I, what I mean? Instead I, of that was just the way it went down. That's one of the things. I, for me,
1: um, I'm not looking to blame anyone. Um, right. But I, When I say that, my observation is that's what happens when a child okay. dies. Society as a whole needs to blame someone. Um, someone, ha- someone has to be the reason why um, that abused kid escape the system. That's why that parent didn't report it. Why that teacher didn't report it. Um, There, there has to be someone that gets targeted in a scenario like that. And I think that it's become um, that way, because we feel that if you can't identify the person responsible, then it's going to be you. So I think society as a whole um, responds to infant death, child deaths in that manner. Okay. For, for a lot of us, um, you come to your own arrangement to cope with things like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I didn't mean to take you off track. I was just trying to Well, very good follow-up. Yeah. Okay. All right. So back so back to that situation where your wife said, I don't want to know. So what did that how did that impact you? In terms of you, have, you come home, you can't talk about it, you think you're hiding it, and now you realize, wow, she could tell. How did that well, impact your life?
1: Interestingly, um, it it was not any type of negative impact in, in any way she performed because again, I gave her credit for trying. I gave her. I I I, I do believe a lot of um, relationships out there try simply can't this is not a job for everyone everyone says that about every job but this is truly one of those scenarios where you can say this is not a job for everyone that being said it is a job that um a lot of us would do for free if we could afford to um but that's just the nature of the business and
0: why is that um
1: because I think when you make a difference, it's a genuine difference, and it doesn't need to be a big difference to be profound. Sometimes a difference could be something as simple as holding someone's hand. Um I've had scenarios in which um, the pacing ended up being pronounced, that at scene, and the family thanks you because they understand the the effort that was put in. um so so, the good thing about this job is you can go home knowing that you made a difference. And sometimes, again, it doesn't need to be a mind-blowing thing to, to, to feel that, yes, a difference was made.
0: Yeah, thank you for your years. How many years did you do that? I worked um, in EMS for
1: just over 10 years. Wow. Wow. And what
0: had you finally retired?
1: Interestingly, um, I started working in EMS, um, basically just to pay for school. I I was a medic in the military, and I thought, okay, this is a great way to earn a living um, while I pay for school. My intention was to go into technology, into computers. But it turned out to be something that I was good at, something that I enjoyed, so I ended up staying there for over 10 years. And then eventually um, there were some changes in the wind and I just thought it was time to leave. I wanted to leave while I still enjoyed what I was doing. That way I would be able to look back without any type of resentment. So um, I thought, you know what? Um, I think it's time. I think it's time for me to go. And it was literally as simple as that.
0: Wow. And did you ever miss it? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I'd be a liar even if I hesitated. Just the hesitation would have been a lie. Um, yes, you you don't do something like that for as long as I did without missing it. There there are pieces of it that you absolutely miss, um, especially when you go into um, the corporate world and you realize um, the difference in mentality. Um, everyone's, if some things are the same. Everyone still thinks that everything about them is an emergency. What? You already understand how to deal with that. Um, everyone's situation is an emergency, and you need to treat it like that. You need to treat it like it's an emergency. You just don't, you just acknowledge that not every emergency is the same, but you still treat everyone's complaint as an emergency. It, you take certain traits with you from being a paramedic into the other job, and, and you make it work for you.
0: Well. Wow. That's it's a great way to put it, because in a, as a paramedic, it really is an emergency. It's life or death. Right. In the corporate world. It's important, but it's not life or death. Right. Yeah. Yes. In fact,
1: I think that's gotten me into trouble on a couple of occasions um, <laughs> because um, as a as a paramedic, you don't panic. I've never seen a situation improve because someone panicked. So when everyone is running around in hysteria, that's the time where you need to be calm to the point of almost appearing to be cold. And, um, I took that with me into the technology field. So when there were instances of emergencies, I would stay calm because again, I know you have to work through a certain set of steps to identify what's going on. And I think on occasions, um, my lack of um, hysteria was translated as not being aware of the urgency as opposed to simply um, quietly working towards it. So on, on, on some occasions, I'm sure it, it's backfired. I know that some occasions it's backfired because they simply thought, oh, does he realize how serious this is? And the answer is yes. It's just that, again, I've never seen a situation improve because someone panicked. Or
0: maybe they think you don't care because you're not getting crazy. Right, or yeah, that's another way of looking at it, yeah, yeah, wow, interesting, yeah, and you could assure them that you do, and this is the way you operate the best. you could let them know that ahead of time, true, and i I, I you know I think I think you do that is just that the
1: way in which you do it, it you don't take attention away from the event, and it's almost as if someone, the way I would say it is, look at me. No, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the patient. I'm looking at the emergency. I'm looking at that. I can speak to you off the side without addressing you eye to eye. Oh, you know, okay. and, and I, I think um, there are times where people seem to think that you may not be giving them the attention they need when the truth is, it's not the individual that needs the attention, it's the situation. And in right. a medical emergency situation, maybe a patient, maybe a family member. And in technology, it may be the server, the client, something else. But you need to focus your attention um, on the problem. And then after the fact, then we can all sit down, um, do an after-action report um, and, and identify what was done, what happened, um, what we need to look out for, anything else that you want to
0: talk about after the fact. That's great. That's great. Okay. So getting back to, um, your paramedic days, what, what, what can you tell people that would make a difference for them in terms of anything, any lessons that you got from those days that, you know, where you turned something around or just where you, I don't know, what, anything you think what? of. Uh, I I hate to be cliche,
1: but Appreciate the moment. Appreciate the moment. When you get home, appreciate your family. I absolutely appreciate your kids. Um, I think far too many times we get caught up in the business of life, the business of work, the business of providing. That you realize that there are certain things you have to do, without realizing that there are other things that may not be as profound to you, but I thought totally could have a profound response. I've seen um, I've spoken to the wife that is going to bed by herself for the first time in 40 years. You know, um, the, the father who's too busy supporting the wife to be supported himself. I've seen the, the best and the worst of people, and I've seen um, one thing that's consistent is that we all hear the same journey. That's one of the things that I've noticed. Um, if you're listening long enough to people, you realize we all hear the same journey. And for the most part, everyone wants the same thing. And I would say, take a moment to appreciate the moment. It sounds cliche,
0: yes, but
1: um, it is absolutely important. And what,
0: yes whenever I hear of a tragedy or whatever, for the next few days, I hug my kids more and then it gets back to the same old, like you forget right. to appreciate and be grateful. What's a story that hit home about that for you? What would you say? Or was it just every day being a paramedic that made you think that? Is there something that stands out for you?
1: Uh, there, there are several stories that stand out. Um, Wow, it's it's not that it's hard to tell, it's hard to burden the audience, if for for lack of better phrase. Um,
0: Well, think of it in terms of our lives will be enriched by you telling the story and we'll be able to appreciate our families more if you tell it. How about that? Instead of okay. a burden. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one
1: about, okay, I was, I was trying to find a way not to tell this story, um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have several stories that involve identical twins. Um, I think I shared one with you before. I'm not going to repeat that story. I think that story is um, the one that I used to represent the worst. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure a lot of people want to hear that, even though they may think they do, but I'll tell you a similar, um, story that was, um, I think in many ways, very close to, to the impact. We had a call, a partner and I, um, a mom was downstairs doing the laundry and the kids were upstairs. I'm going to change the name of the child because I don't know if the mom or any of the parents or family will ever see or hear this. But he was downstairs for the laundry. Kids were upstairs jumping on the bed. Like kids do, they were twins. Two boys. Um, Rumb just boys like they're supposed to be, jumping on bed. And eventually, you, you hear a lot of commotion that kids make. And things got quiet. And of course, everyone knows when kids get quiet, it means that, well, they exhausted themselves and now they're going back to sleep or whatever else you do when you exhaust yourself. So after she was finished, she went upstairs and she found one of the boys laying in bed. The other one was on the floor with a dresser on top of him. Oh my God. And um, uh, so she called 911. We got there very quickly. It was very close to where we were. We got there very quickly. And um, I think one of the most thing about this was uh, how calm she was throughout the whole thing. Because you got the impression that in denial, or as a lot of people like to say, in shock. But she was very calm. And we worked the arrest. We had a billless crew um, on scene. Fire five that showed up on scene. Um, One of the EMTs later made a comment that annoyed the Dickens out of myself and my partner, but it was true. Um, He made a comment about not not a dry eye; it was need a dry eye in the house, and it annoyed me because it sounded as if he was trying to overplay what happened unnecessarily. But um, there was nothing there for firefighters to do, but they stayed there just in case there was something that you asked of them. Yes. And we transported the child and the mother to the hospital. And at the hospital, the child was eventually pronounced um, cardiac arrest secondary to trauma. And I remember one of the doctors came over to the moment and asked, is there anyone you need us to call? Do you need um, to speak to anyone? And she said at the time, no. And they moved, they took her to a private room. If you need to make a call, you can make the call from here. And the doctor asked me to stay with her. And after the doctor left, so she had said she didn't want to call anyone and she had actually made one call she called i think it was a friend but this was before um i'm gonna say Matt. that wasn't his name i'm gonna say this was before Matt was pronounced and she asked them to start a prayer chain oh. and then when she hung up i stayed with her and then eventually he asked me calmly if I could call her mom for her. And so I did. I got outside line and called. And again, this was someone that was totally calm, totally under control, handed her phone. And as soon as her mom answered on the other side, She blew up. I, I, it's not fair to say she lost it. That, that's not a fair comment. But I, I say this not in mockery, but I think it's important to understand what was happening to her. Oh, my God, he's dead. He's dead. Matthew's dead. He's dead. They're trying to save his life, but I know he's dead. He's dead. Oh, my God, my son is dead. And, and I remember it caught me totally off guard. I thought she was just going to have a calm talk with mom, and she just lost it. She broke down and she just told him, they're trying to save his life, but, I, but he's dead. I know he's dead. My son is dead. And, um, you wonder how hard that is for a parent to have a, not, your child dies while you're home, in the home. And there will always be questions about the what if, right? You know, she did absolutely nothing wrong. She did absolutely nothing wrong. The kids were playing, they're making noise, they got quiet. She did, there was absolutely absolute nothing in the equation that suggested she should have. But you always wonder, you, you hope that someone like that has the strength to pass this moment. But yeah. at the same time, you acknowledge how ridiculously difficult it must be. You know, um, you were there for just a moment in time, and how much of an impact it has. You have to wonder the people who still remain in the picture. Just how much it 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 affects them. Yeah. You know, um, and and again, this is one one of the incredible things about this is that it was one of two occasions in which I worked on identical twins. And it was, in both cases, it, there's a certain eeriness
0: to it. Um, where where was the other little boy when you were in the hospital? He was in close proximity. I remember seeing him. So he was, he was with you. Close proximity. Yeah. He wasn't left uh, at I, home I, by himself. That's what I keep wondering. No, I, I, I okay. recall
1: uh, um, she had a neighbor, she had a neighbor, um, but I, I can't give you the details about that part because right, right, so right. Okay, but I, I but just had to ask I because I kept twice.
0: thinking, "Where's that little bo- You know, where's the identical twin where all this is happening?" But go ahead keep right. going. Um, but but yes,
1: um, he <laughs> has a loss that. Faith will never allow her to forget. Not that she wants to forget. I, I think sometimes um, sometimes these things are things that people don't want to forget. It becomes a part of, of who they are. But in any event, every time she looks at that son, which one is she seeing? Uh, and again, I don't say that as an accusation in any way, shape, or form. I know yeah, want that's... to point out just how profound right. you know, something like that is. Because <laughs> if I can think it, you have to imagine somebody else, a friend or a family, looking and, and seeing the same thing. So, um, but again, how do you go home and tell your, your family something like that? If, right. if someone says, oh, we had a bad day, the copy was broken, we had to go to the other end of the hall, you, you don't turn around and tell them a story like that. Puts it in
0: perspective. But yeah, I didn't understand the part with the identical twins. That you were saying, I thought you just meant the death and one is left, but it's really people are seeing the other one. Yes. And it's always a reminder that there's only one now instead of. And and not just that, but even from um,
1: the caretaker's perspective, even if I hadn't seen the other child, seen this one, I know exactly what the other one looks like. And there's something incredible about about um, about that. Um, yeah.
0: Ugh. Wow. Um. So, okay, how did that? I, how do you think that impacted your life? Oh, I think it gave me a profound appreciation
1: for my daughter. My daughter was still a baby um, during this time. Um, in fact, the other event that I did mention, she was only a year old when the other event happened. And, um, wow, I, I think I, I'm probably saying this part out loud for the first time ever. <laughs> when my daughter slept, I spent a ridiculous amount of time waking up and checking her mm. throughout her childhood. I, I, I don't think my ex even knows that. Um uh, it it's, um, I don't know, it wasn't fear, it wasn't fear, it was a certain acknowledgement, a certain responsibility, for lack of a better word, but I got up so many times, my body basically just trained itself to get up every so often, just to check. Um, I don't even say anything beyond that. Just to check. you know, um And I, I, i'm I've never said that. so I, I'm pretty sure there are others who have had that. But again, you don't think it's visible from the outside, but again, apparently, those close to you can tell when something is off. But again, if you are someone, who has a relationship with someone in some sort of emergency service, just understand they're not trying to shut you out. just trying to protect you from what is out there. They want to leave it out there and not bring it to you.
0: Yeah. I'm sure that happens when people go to war, when they, right? When yeah. When come I, back yeah. so different, I, they I, don't, I, don't. Is it... Um, is it because you don't think they'll understand or it's more that you don't want I to bring the darkness in or you I, don't? I think it's I think I, I don't think it's that they you, it's not as trivial as they'll never understand. Okay.
1: It's not as trivial as that. It is one, you don't want that darkness to paint what to be the good part of your life. That's one. Two, I think in many ways you don't want them to understand because you need that separation, and and sorry. Is that? It's yeah, easy okay. to talk to someone that already understands. So you talk to someone who's there, and 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 for us in civilian um environment, it's the person that you share that cabin with, that front seat with, that firehouse with. Um, for someone that you mentioned going to war, it's someone that. Was in that foxhole with you because that person already knows. You don't have to translate anything. They already know. Um, you know, when you say, for example, um, had a pediatric arrest, the first question is, what's a pediatric arrest? Oh, that person survives. And someone who's trained already knows that if you say pediatric arrest, they already know the entire story. Otherwise, you wouldn't have mentioned it. Mentioned it. Got it. Got it. So um, it's not that they don't want to share if they don't want to paint. Thank you, Richard. I
0: really appreciate um, your generosity in sharing. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners that might help them or inspire them or help them maybe live with someone who's doing that job? Anything you could tell
1: the spouses
0: Uh, or the families?
1: Um it feels unfair to try to give them advice, you know, beyond um um if you see something, tell them you can see. Just like I said. I never thought my ex could see, but once I found out, you know, there was a certain appreciation and, and knowing that. So if you don't be afraid to say, I, I see. Don't be afraid to say, um, I want to hear, but don't be surprised if you don't like what you hear and understand that you're not the outside, you're the inside. Everything else is the outside that they may be trying to keep on the outside. Um, my ex used to complain, you, you talk to your partner eight hours a day, and then you talk to your partner when you get home. What is it that you guys talk about? And they would not believe that we talk about absolutely nothing or absolute nonsense. You must be talking about something if you're with that person eight hours a day. Um, It's just something that happens. And um, don't try to compete with that. You're not a competition. You're a different space. Don't try to compete with that.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great to know because people might be jealous. Hey, why are you talking? (laughs) But if they know you're doing it to help them. That's a whole nother, it's a whole nother story. So yeah. Thank you, Richard. I really appreciate your, again, your story, your generosity. I definitely felt, I felt it as you were speaking and I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like, but I just want to thank you for your 10 years of work for making such a difference. Yeah. Go ahead. I
1: would like to, to add one other thing And, and, um, and I think it's important to understand that despite what you have heard me say, not everything is all darkness in a job like this. You don't face that darkness and then say, I would do it for free. There are some incredible moments. Um, Can you
0: share one, I, a happy one?
1: I, let me put it this way. Four, I would dare say that I've delivered more babies than anyone listening right now has probably held babies. Um, and, and it's great. It, it, it's there's, there's something, there's something absolutely profound about seeing something like that happened. You know, it's, that was something I never got tired of. And this was one of the messiest, it's one of the messiest, um, scenarios you can imagine. But it's also something extremely, um, rewarding to be something like that. And um what do you mean oh yes Hollywood tells you, Oh, you get pregnant, you'll just have the baby, they tie everything off. Yes, yeah. no, it, it it is it is messy. It is it is a, it's a mess. That, that we, and that's even before the afterbirth shows up. Oh so, gosh. Okay. So but, it. but still it is still something. it still it's still something that we high five um each other for. There there are I think there are more rewards in this job. It's just that um we may talk about the, the dark parts of it, but there are more rewards in this job, I think, than darkness. Otherwise, yeah. you would not keep going. Trust me, you would. Right.
0: Not. Yeah. All right. Good. Thank you. Thank you for leaving it on a happier note. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Anything else before we go? Um,
1: no. No. Um, I don't want. I don't want to trivialize anything. But again, um, appreciate the moment. I appreciate the moment.
0: Yep, And that's not cliche. So thank you for reminding us. And thank you so much, Richard Leslie, for being a guest on Get Real and Get Free. And um, yes, it was it was a pleasure and an honor. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Have a great day and happy new year.
0: Thank you.